Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, June, June, June 1st. What is that? Radio guy? <laughs> Radio voice. <laughs> my name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel. Yes, yeah, so I'm here, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> welcome everyone to the podcast. Hope you guys are doing wonderful. Uh, you guys are joining us on a, a weird episode. This it's is like a hybrid episode. Yeah, a strange one. It's going to be a reprint, but some new stuff jammed in there. Yeah, so... Um, we were on vacation. Yeah, yeah, right. So we didn't have time to read a comic book. That's right. We were gone for a four-day weekend, so yeah. decided, you know, not a great time to record a whole podcast, but we have some new stuff for you in here in, in our episode today. So we're, we're going to have a short, it's kind of like an Oreo, a mm-hmm. short news segment of new news. Yeah. And then an old story, which is a good one. It is. And then uh, our new side stories again. So it goes new, old, new. That's right. That's right. That's why they call it an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> that cream filling an Oreo is very old. <laughs> Ancient. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I guess let's just cut to the chasing into the short news. We're only going to talk about one thing. That's right. Because it came out literally like, I think the day after we recorded last time. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. So we just missed it. Uh, a little old uh, God of Thunder decided to drop a trailer on us. I know. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Um, this is the first one is a teaser. This is like the first full trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Short one still, but it's the first trailer for uh, Thor number four. Um, I... I'm not sold, but I, I mean, if it's more of the same Taika Waititi Thor, I mean, that's good, but I don't know if this is going to be like my favorite Marvel movie. You don't think it's going to be your jam? No, because I would say the last four Marvel movies, if I'm going in the right order, have been like, wow, this is good. This is good. This is good. Like it's incrementally better than the last. Oh, really? Yeah. Like Shang-Chi, I really enjoyed. And then Eternals, I really enjoyed. And then No Way Home was like, wow, this is next level. And just Black Widow doesn't exist. Well, I said last four. That was <laughs> that was a long time ago is what you're saying. That's why I didn't say last five. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness was yeah, what a hit. amazing. Just made for me. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think Thor and Love and Thunder is going to keep with that incline or uh, is it going to be a decline? I think um, I think it might be not as good as the, psych- the, the third one, I should say. Oh, you love the third one. I love the third one. It's just, I don't know, it was so funny, right? Mm-hmm. It, I think it caught everyone off guard how funny Hemsworth was and how Taki, what TT's direction on the movie. Right. I think this one is not going to be as good just because... Uh, I guess talking to you, like your feeling on it, I can kind of see well, your points. Let, don't let me influence you. Well, th- but there's also other stuff that okay. that happens in this trailer. That I'm like, I, I'm not sure about it yet, but right. I want to be proven wrong. Okay. Well, obviously this is a mishmash of multiple Thor comics. Yeah. And mainly Mighty Thor, which is when Jane became Thor. That along with Thor, God of Thunder. Yes. Which I think is probably the best Thor st- uh, comic book storyline. I haven't read all the like retro ones. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think, uh, was it Walt Simonson had a great run that yeah. lasted for a while, never read that. But the best part about it is gore yeah i mean just a, a villain that's kind of newer side yeah but he's just sick it's cool is that what we're gonna get in the movie i'm not so sure uh what has christian bale been doing after batman uh he's been racing ferrari <laughs> <laughs> ferrari uh 
Christian Bale, Academy Award winning actor, he's great, but it is a different take of the character. I mean, a different he, look. Right. What do you think about the look? Um, all these people are complaining that it's not comic book accurate. Right. But it doesn't have to be, but it, it should be good. I feel like this, it, it leaves more to be desired, I think. Interesting. And maybe maybe we haven't seen the final form of gore yet. Yeah. Maybe they're saving that for the movie. But I wish it would look more monstrous, I guess, alien. But like, I feel like there's two parts. Like you see gore or um, almost like, like he has marking on his face. Like he's more human, more tribal maybe. Yeah, it looks tribal. And then by the end, he's like more demonic, like yellow eyes and scars on his face. Scarring on his face, yeah. Really constipated. Like- <laughs> what is up with that? <laughs> Wanted to take a crap. You're not like the other guys. Killed. But I mean, as far as a performance, I'm expecting a great performance. I think it's like Bale is an actor's actor. I think mm-hmm. he's treating this as theater, right? He, sure. He's trying to portray the character, not through prosthetics that someone else would do, okay. but like just that. He, I think he's talking to Taika and he's like, let me just embody this. Let me take a direction. Let me try and one up a ledger. <laughs> but, but also he's just wearing bed sheets. Right. Yes. So a robe. Yeah. It's it doesn't scream the like imposing figure of his black cloak that we know in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's just wearing like rags. Yeah. For some reason. There's um a couple of clips in the trailer where they look like they're in maybe his kind of world. It's all black and white. Yeah, like a gray world. Like a very Sin City. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> You're not feeling that? I wonder what's going on there. Are they? Is he luring them into a trap like in his dimension or something or whatever's going on? I, I'm curious about that. It looks like some type of... It looks a lot like in Lord of the Rings when someone puts on the ring and there's like a weird like world that they're in. Ripple world or Rip, something? Something like that. Like, I mean, okay. Maybe he makes his own something like that with his powers uh-huh. some type of weird i don't know weird world that he makes up i know yeah. in the in the comic book they like go to the future and he's basically like the ruler of the world and so everything looks yeah. like him mm. it's like black and white and everything mm-hmm. i wonder if we're gonna do time travel but i don't think so it looks time like travel in, in a marvel movie come on i never don't that can that. never work yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh I think that maybe it's just that asteroid specifically that we're, that we're fighting on. Remember, oh. he, like, he like cracks it open and then him and Thor, I think Jane was there, they're fighting each other. Maybe it's just the atmosphere of that world just gives this gray yeah. aura or something. Uh, a spoiler alert for the comic books. Hmm. Um, Gore has this sword, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a, the Necro Sword. Essentially, that's like the first symbiote. Right, yes. Right, which is what Venom is. And then in the trailer, there's like these gooey looking things around oh, him yeah. that he's walking through. Are they going to connect it or is it just like a visual Easter egg reference to the comics? I think it's just a weird look that he has. Maybe that's just his home world or something that's been like... Uh, <laughs> Covered in tar. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I he's so angry, right? He wants yeah. revenge on gods. Yes. I think maybe that's his home world that's just been tarnished already. Mm-hmm. And he's just made it his base of operations when he's the loner of his yeah. aliens now. That's why I think that is. Okay. Um, I don't know like what they're going to do. Um, I think he really wants... That could also be like a, like his world again. Like he's like torturing yeah. the gods that he attacks because he's so vengeful, right? Do you know why... I, I forget why he's so vengeful in the comics. Do you remember why? It's because his him and his people yeah. were so pious. They were so religious and yeah. believed in gods and they just didn't help them in the right. end. And yeah. then so he wants revenge. He okay. finds the necro sword and he's out for it. Do you think he has 
has a different origin in the in the movie or a different reason for motivation? I don't think so. I think that's pretty great storytelling from, mm. from what I remember. Like, he was impactful. Yeah. He's just a regular old dude, alien dude, but yeah. he grows to be so strong. Okay, now on the flip side of this... Jane Foster and Mjolnir have now joined forces and she's the new Thor. Yeah. How do you think that comes to be? Um, I think her sickness comes up and then okay. possibly got in contact with Valkyrie, possibly, you yeah. think? She's in it a lot, I think. So maybe she just came looking for Thor to possibly get some help and somehow right. passed along the hammer to her. Hmm. How do you think the hammer reforges? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We left it in like uh, Norway, right? Where where um, Odin died. Right. And uh, Hela broke it, right? So yeah. it was just there. Mm-hmm. It was in Hela pieces. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you okay. just came over that now. Uh, go ahead. Continue. Um, I don't know how it's going to be reforged. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Ninavalir, right? We only oh, know that, yeah. that, that, that the... The dwarves know how to weld together. That'd be interesting. Yeah. There's a shot in it where um, she's fighting some people. And you know what she does? She swings Mjolnir and it separates again into pieces and hits them individually and then forms back together. Is that what's going on? I think that's what's happening. Oh, so that's, that's really cool. That's cool. That's like a thing that um, Heathor can't do. <laughs> Heathor. I like that. Heathor. And not she Thor, right? No, no. She is Thor. She's Thor. He's Heathor. Heathor. Old Thor. I like that. Uh, I didn't know it was... I thought it was like she's like shooting out like a blast out of her yeah. hammer. I think if you slow it down, you could see the pieces separate, hit hit the enemies, then come back together. I mean, that sounds logical. They can like reconstitute because yeah. they're all coming together, like going to where yeah. her maybe hand Thor, is. Maybe uh, Heathor could do that. It's just it was one piece. You just <laughs> can never... Yeah. It worked. <laughs> Uh, I think it's impressive how big her biceps are. <laughs> are Do those you, real? Are those real? I was going to ask, are they real? I really don't know. I've seen pictures of um, her not in costume. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's set photos or whatever. Yeah. But it looks kind of fake. I want to say it's not real. I want to say she toned up, but CGI wise, they still bulked her up a little bit. Oh, I think it's possibly like a suit. A costume. Um, arm suit. Just she does have arms. like... Um, arm bands whatever so that could be where the seam is oh is there yeah okay i didn't notice that I, it just looks strange yeah and not to uh denigrate any buff women out there yeah do you but it's like but it just looking on Natalie portman it seems it's like just it's her right. arms though right she, yeah she her body she's a smaller petite woman i also think you'd see it in the face i don't, I don't think it right. tell. oh well mm-hmm. she's wearing a mask but still <laughs> Uh, I I don't see her being buff yet. Mm-hmm. You know who is hella buff? Who? <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he looks old. Chris Hemsworth looked puny. I know. Like, what is it with these guys? The Rock is bigger now than when he was wrestling. Right. <laughs> it's because he doesn't. He barely has to move around being an actor. Mm-hmm. Actually, like he went from Fat Thor to like Naked Thor with a snap of a finger. <laughs> Jeez. I, I, so what's his name? Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I also do you think it's related to his Hulkamania movie? I think so. It's all bulking up for that. He's doing a incredible Hulkamania movie, <laughs> where he's playing Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited for that. Um, I'll say that is going to be better than Love and Thunder. But do you know who's directing that at all? I don't know. Yeah, all right. I'm curious. Because mm. I think that's pretty good casting. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I'm excited for it. But I, I think he's filming that now. That's why he's ungodly huge. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think maybe he just got more ripped. I yeah. think he might be the same size, but more ripped. Well, did so you see the size visible. of the chains he was working out with? Yeah, right. <laughs> 
whatever do you dude crazy uh do you have any like theories or guesses of surprises that might happen in the movie um let's see i think i think the we're not we don't have the black cloak yet i think he's gonna change the way he looks gore mm, but he's gonna look more sinister i think he's gonna lose a nose he's gonna look <laughs> more lose a nose. he's gonna look like an alien uh-huh. i want that to happen pretty badly because i don't like the way he looks yet maybe he'll like get scarred up from fighting thor and then there's a part where he's like drooling and it's like almost like black ooze what is that yeah <sighs> I don't know. What 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 do you think? Any other predictions? I, I do think he is gonna change his look by the end. Maybe like the more gods he kills, the more evil he looks. Yeah, he does look pretty skeleton. He has yellow eyes in it. And there's a theory that maybe he found the dead body of Heimdall and like maybe took his eyes or something. So now he could see everything that's happening can heimdall do that because uh, he can like see he, he can like, see things he sends people places right so he has yeah. to see where they're sending them yeah so maybe instead of like a time travel thing maybe he could just see far away and what's going to happen or what's uh-huh. happening and that was the power that he uses um that's a long shot guess so um he gets that sword from like a god in the comics yeah so you're thinking maybe that's a sword that heimdall used maybe yeah that could be his sword that he used to open the bifrost it does look like a... What do you think of the sword? It kind of looks lame. It's like medieval classic it sword. Very basic. I yeah. don't know. There might be more to it, but I don't know. It looks like a Arya's sword from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like kind of puny. Um, okay, just judging from the stories in the comics, let me ask you what you think the possibility is of this happening in the movies. Okay. Um, Jane dies. Um... I don't. I never finished Mighty Thor, but I don't see that happening. It just seems too sad. Do you think the sickness is a story plot, though? Possibly, yeah. And then it, for some reason they reason it away where it's removed somehow. Okay, I believe Zoe Saldana's in it. Oh yeah, we did see some of the Guardians in there. Yeah, Nebula's with them. Do we reunite her with the Guardians, and that's why they separate with Thor, or we see what she's doing, and that's why the Guardians have to leave, or or is she just already like with them eventually? What, what do you think? is happening with the guardians hmm I don't know. I thought maybe she, maybe she's on the run, like still like okay. on going about, and we see her. But the guardians mm-hmm. um, decide to deviate with Thor. Like Thor goes on his own, All and right. the guardians start to go for Zoe for sure. Like Nebula, really. Okay. Or, or sorry, Gamora. Now um, Thor, he Thor. Yeah. Do you think this is the end of Chris Hemsworth in the MCU? Oh wow. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's not sick of it. Do you think? Because because uh, the other guys left, right? Yeah. And sure, he's younger, and I guess he hasn't. Got Got as much of a spotlight as the other guys, but I think he's still in it. I think he. What else are you gonna do with those muscles, right? Make, make a Hulk Hogan movie. <laughs> he's already doing that. <laughs> what is he gonna do after that? Um, I think maybe he won't die. Oh yeah. But maybe they put him in a position where he's out of the movies for a long time. Maybe he, because in the movie, I mean, the comics, he becomes like King Thor. Yeah. So his focus is all just Asgard. Maybe they find a new planet for Asgard and he has to be the one there to build it or or be the king or whatever. So he's not on earth or dealing with earth stuff for a long time. Earth things. Yeah. Like I'm busy for now. I got to take care of my planet. Yeah. And that's why I'm not running to every single one of your crises. Yeah. So please, Dr. Strange, make everyone forget that I'm Thor for, (laughs) for a while. 
I, I, I can see that happening. I think maybe give him a backseat so we can highlight some other characters, maybe save him for right. the big final fight, whatever that looks like. Yeah, maybe he's like, I'm gonna be a king for a while and help my people. So, Jane, you be Thor, moving on. Hmm. He already gave the role back to Valkyrie as like King Valkyrie, right? Okay, does she survive? I, I well, <laughs> That could be an issue. I like the idea of him being, again, like Asgard's warrior, and he just has to be that mm. for guardian, whatever, mm. but she's still king. You know what I don't like? Um, Valkyrie is a Valkyrie. Yes. And her name is Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't she have a name and not like, like your name is just what you, your position was before? Did, uh, did we ever call her Valkyrie? Like we, I know we said the title of Valkyrie, but nobody ever said her name, right? Are we just calling her like girl or lady? Uh, yeah. I don't know if they've ever said it like out loud as that's her name in the movies. Yeah. But they have said she was a Valkyrie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it is her title. It's not her name. We just don't have a name to call her. She, she never says it. I think like outside of the movies, like us and the executives or whatever, and people promoting it, and even the actors, they probably call her Valkyrie as if it's her name because they don't want to show a, a lie like, hey, that's your name and that's your position. It's hard to tell. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Loki's just Loki. Thor's just Thor. Right. They, they have, have job names. titles. They have names. Yeah. Well, he is a god of thunder. He has a job title. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's straight. It's weird. Mm. Are we gonna? Maybe she has to. Maybe she starts up her own Valkyrie crew again. That'd be interesting. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, maybe yeah. They're, she already did that already. Yeah, or maybe she wants. She wants to step down as king to lead mm. them. Yeah, I like that. I, I feel like this is a no-brainer. But all these movies lately, this Phase Four of Marvel MCU is leading to uh, Secret Wars, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that's almost inevitable? I think so. It's just there's so many different factions and groups and yeah. worlds and multiverses. I'm colliding I right. think is going to happen they're saying they're talking about incursions which is what led to the secret wars right Con incursion convergence sounds yeah. similar <laughs> we have uh, spoiler alert we have a Mr. Fantastic yeah right yeah <laughs> Um, but in, in that, uh, I believe it was 2008 Secret Wars, okay. the, the newer one. Yeah, the newer one. Um, Thor was like the guards of like the whole royalty, right? Like there's hella Thors. Uh, it's called the Thor Core. The Thor Core, right? Yeah. And there's Pretty a dope. bunch of Thors, every version. The, the Thor Frog. It was like the police, right? Yeah. What if uh, instead of Thors, it's the Valkyries? She reforms the Valkyries and they're oh. all like the guard of, of Secret Battle World. Battle World. <laughs> I like that. I was going to say Secret World. Secret <laughs> I can see that going on because uh, maybe she pulls in Valkyries of different worlds also, uh, different multiverses. Yeah. I don't know. Whoever's going to be running Battle World. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea that she, maybe she gets in good with them and like, you know, people, I think like if when you do Battle World, things are going to shake up. People are not going to align with who they were aligned with before. Sure. There's, the sides have shifted though. I mean, in Secret Wars, do they even remember the old reality? I think not all um, of them. Not all of them, right? Yeah, yeah some of them do, and yeah. some of them are just on board. They're doing their role, right? Right in this new battle world. Man, I'm excited if they really do it. I like the I like the name Battle World better than Secret Wars, but it's mm. just, that's an iconic name, isn't it? Secret Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but is it already like Infinity War? Like just too many wars, Civil War. Yeah, that's Armor true. War. That's what I mean. That's Arm just, Wars. That's, <laughs> that's just comics. <laughs> um, Call a crisis and switch it up. But there you go. <laughs> Um, last thing I want to bring up, it, it's not shown at all, and it's kind of like just subtly hinted at, but in, I believe in the cast, um, Jamie Alexander's back as Jamie Alexander. Lady Sif. Oh, yeah. She was not in Ragnarok at all. No. Was the last thing we saw her in, in freaking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think so. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> 
Um, but she's back. She was really good in the first two movies also. She was fine, I guess. She was kind of like a, almost like a love interest because she was almost yeah. like in love with Thor, but it wasn't reciprocated. And obviously this one, there's like uh, still feelings between Thor and Jane, right? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah you, the good old Lex. Do you think Jamie Alexander will be in it, have an important role in it? Or will she just be there? And then I, I want to say she'll be there and then killed off. And that's oh, what wow. drives Thor to really go after gore. <laughs> oh, like you're thinking like, well, he in the trailer, we get this vibe that he's quitting being a warrior, being right. the guardian. Maybe that that's what turns the exactly. tide. There has to be something to push him. The action yeah. points. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Killing off Sif. Yeah. And she's not even seen yet. So like maybe she's in one scene. Yeah. That that could be what's going on. I, th- I thought maybe she knows about Jane for some reason and, and hands mm-hmm. over the, the hammer to her. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, she's being nice about it. Yeah. All right. I'll help this lady <laughs> okay uh this comes out july yeah what do you what do you think about um the tattoo of loki do you oh. think he's gonna be in the movie is he gonna be in the movie there's a there's a tattoo of loki on his back it yeah. says r.i.p and then the crown right yeah or the the horns i should say right. yeah is is loki gonna be back and what what I loki didn't even are we- notice that too i was looking at something else <laughs> <laughs> What, what Loki are we getting? There's that question. I mean, it has to be the Loki from the show, right? From the from Loki? Yeah. Yeah. And that Loki, if we're following time chronologically, is all the way back in Avengers 1. If time even matters. Because, it, yeah, Avengers 1 was at 2012. Yeah, but I mean, like, in his mind. Okay, I'll agree with How I'll much along with it. time has passed for him? Because he could go anywhere with the TVA technology, right? Teleportation. But in his mind, since Avengers 1... How long has passed in um, the Loki series? It's been like a week or two oh, from his from his series. Yeah. Oh, I really have no idea. I think we have literally no, no, no idea. No, I mean, like, how long time in the series was the series? It's like okay. a week or two when he was trying to find Sylvie, and then all of that stuff happened. I think, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. So in his mind, Avengers one just ended. He just lost. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't even know about Ultron. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's just, so it's been that long. Yeah. He switched up his character already. He's like a supposedly a good guy. He knows about Kang. He's special in that way. Yeah. He knows what's going to happen, like what, right. or what should have happened. Right. Like he dies from Thanos. His mom is killed. All that. Cause like the TVA shows him. Yeah. Yeah. Without recording. Yeah. I want, yeah. I wonder if he shows, I want to say no, he doesn't show up, but I think it would be very cool if he did. I just don't know how it would fit. That's, um, that's a story beat, right? And end credit scenes are usually teasers for like a brand new thing so maybe there he's not gonna show up there mm-hmm. could he be just at the end of the movie could he show up and be like uh thor you caused an incursion now we're gonna go fix it and then he cuts a hole in the reality and then that's like, <laughs> so dumb what if what if charlie staron is actually just a loki copy? oh my gosh um i i don't i think if, if you see each other again thor's gonna be like oh you faked your death again i just got a tattoo mm-hmm. <laughs> I see that happening. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to show up, but I would I would like it, but I just don't think it will happen. So you're not loving this trailer. How are you? Are you look, lukewarm on it? Are you somewhat just happy to see another Marvel movie? I mean, I'm glad it's happening and I, I love the stories that they're pulling from, but it does feel like more of the same, more Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Because of the, the comedy elements of it, right? And it's, right. it's heavy handed on that. 
Um, so if if Gore really delivers, if Christian Bale's performance is what they say, which is they're saying he's going to be the best Marvel villain. Well, that's so what far, yeah, Taika said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that it holds true, then yeah, it's going to be one of the best movies, possibly better than Multiverse of Madness. But I'm my expectations are that it's not, that it's going to be the first decline because lately it's been going up. Okay, okay. And I was surprised that I liked Multiverse of Madness more than No Way Home. Oh, you did say you said that? I, I didn't I know mean, that. It, it, hmm. They're at least even. So we're plateauing. <laughs> Are you, are you disappointed? Well, what have you seen in the trailer with Gore? Am I disappointed? Yeah, I'm not ready to say I'm disappointed. I'm just like mm, hesitant. And oh, I almost say that for every trailer, Marvel trailer now, right? It leaves me wanting more. Yeah. But I won't say I'm disappointed. Like, uh, I don't know, because my expectations are, um, I'm going to say it's not going to be as good as Ragnarok. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The Gore thing, he's 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 creepy, yeah. but he's not scary. And I want scary. Yeah, you want scary? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get scary. I don't think so either after yeah. seeing the trailer, but that's what we got. What is it? Like a month and a week away? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see it. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think I'm pretty. <laughs> You think you're going to go check it out? Yeah, I might. Just might. If I got spare time, I'll check it out. Uh, Like we said, that's the only thing we're going to talk about in the news because uh, we're trying to keep it short this week. So um, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. Just search us in all your podcast apps and even stream us on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Reader Copy Podcast. Find us on all the social medias there. Yeah, let's talk. All right. uh, This, again, is a reprint, a repost of an episode that we did in the past. It's the Darth Vader comic book uh, in kind of like celebration of Darth Vader's and Hayden Christensen's return. Oh, yeah. As Darth Vader. That every every fan wanted. Yes. I Oh, man. The screams from Star Wars Celebration could be heard around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? There's screams. Like I heard. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Ewan McGregor came out and then everyone there was like, yeah. Like, sure, big, he, big applause, right? He deserves it. And then Hayden Christensen came out and I heard the pause was like five minutes standing ovation screaming you're the best actor ever the prequels are better than the original trilogy <laughs> oh my god what are they talking about Star Wars didn't even get good until 2015 so. <laughs> alright well the, the comic book is very good it let's is. tune in book we're doing this week is star wars darth vader uh, this is coming out of yeah. marvel comics yeah his own solo title yeah his own solo title we're following the dark lord himself uh and this uh might be a little bit confusing because there's some uh, vader storylines came out fairly recently but this one came out in 2015 and 2016 i think there's another book that came out like a year after that we're doing the 2015 right. book yeah yeah this is like the first volume right first volume first trade um issues one through six yeah um there has been a lot of Star Wars comics, though, like since the beginning of the movies. Yeah. A lot of uh, comic books have been like passed around to different companies. I think Dark Horse had them for a while. It was at Marvel 2 a, li- a while back. And then, you yeah. know, fairly recently with Disney, Marvel took up the comic book. Right. So, like, the first batch was uh, from Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in... Um 1991. How old were you in 1991? 91. Negative three. I was. <laughs> I wasn't even a thought yet. Uh, nope. No one was even thinking. <laughs> okay. Wow. Hurts. Hurts, man. Um, Dark Horse took over the publication of the comics, and they came out eventually until 2014. They produced over a hundred Star Wars titles. Titles, really? Not issues. Titles. I didn't know that. 
<laughs> that, that's a lot of comics. Man. Uh, and then when Disney bought Lucasfilms and, and, and Star Wars, um, the rights reverted back to Marvel, who Disney owns. Disney owns everything. Yeah. So... <laughs> Man, what a dent into Dark Horse, though. Jeez. Yeah, so those are, are considered not canon anymore. They're like Star Wars, I think, like Legacy. Is it Extended Universe? Or, or Legends or something? Legends? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of good stories in those, though. I've always uh, given them a dabble, but not enough to, to catch me yet. The Star Wars, like, mo- new movies haven't came out yet, and that's what really drew me into Star Wars. I wasn't, okay. I wasn't a Giganta fan with the old ones. Oh, I thought you loved pod racing, though. Oh, yeah. Are we talking about those? Then, yes, of course. <laughs> All right, well, we're talking about the new Marvel era of Star Wars comics. Absolutely. A little bit about the creators. We have uh, Kieran Gillen as the author. I think it's just Karen Gillen. Is it Karen Gillen? Kieran, Kieran Gillen. It's a guy, right? I, I, I yeah, thought it was a Kieran woman Gillen. for a while, <laughs> just with the name. But um, he started out, his uh, past career was actually in computer gaming journalism. Right, I saw that. Yeah, so he like had some work on like PC Gamer UK, Wired, uh, Rock Paper Shotgun might be a gaming website you might be familiar with, Eurogamer. But you know he's had a second career in uh, in comic books, and he's worked in on Image on a couple of pretty pretty big books. Um, yeah. The Wicked and the Vine is probably his biggest image book. Yeah, I think that's his most popular work, probably. Probably it's uh like music pop stars turn gods or whatever. Um, yeah. Phonogram is an older book that has like pop, British pop art stuff that's like also God work in it somehow. I don't really know that comic, but I know it's a big name for him. Uh, mm. Die is a fairly recent image comic that kind yeah. of is in the vein of like D&D stuff transported into that world. And like, I'm not sure if I was the biggest fan, but it's it's got its market. There's a lot of hype for that comic title right now. Definitely. It is uh, D&D and like role playing games is like huge right now. It's so hot right now. Uh, <laughs> our penciler, our artist is Salvador La Roca. Right. Um, so he's famous for his work with Chris Claremont on uh, Fantastic Four. He's worked on Extreme X-Men. Um, yeah. And also Matt Fraction's Invis- Invincible Iron Man book. Yeah. So all over Marvel. All over Marvel. He seems like one of those guys where like Marvel is like, we need like a solid artist to do like a run stretch on some titles. And he's like one of those guys that they have in their stable or whatever. Right. Right. He's on probably on a list somewhere, but I don't know if he's a name, but solid work, I think. I think the Vader book's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, so maybe some preemptive stuff to the book in the timeline wise in Star Wars, we're right after New Hope. Yeah. In between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Right. So uh, the Empire, they're feeling kind of a little bit defeated right now with their whole Death Star project. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not planning out. It's they not, just took a big L. <laughs> took a big L. Hold that. <laughs> so it starts off with Darth Vader entering the lair of Jabba the Hutt. Uh, we see those like green pig dudes with those weird staffs. He's yeah. just cutting them down, those guards there. We see that guy with that weird long snake like back head thing that has got a butt on his face. And <laughs> he's got like a tail in the back of his head. Tail in the back of his all head. All around him. Exactly. And he doesn't like seeing Vader either, but he's telling Jabba he's around. Jabba feels offended when he finally sees Vader. Jabba says, um, you've killed two of my guards and you expect me to deal with you? Right. And he's, Vader's just like, you're lucky. I only took the few. That was, that was a kindness. Yeah. It's, it's pulling his weight right now. He even catches that Jabba has got a, a trap door set in place in his, in his base, right where Vader is standing. And Vader, he is a, a big bad, but he's a smart guy. He can see that. Mm-hmm. And Jabba's like, well, your Jedi mind trick don't work on my kind right 
and now Vader is offended, saying, um, "I'm of the dark side," and he uses his his Jedi powers for Force, and he yeah. even uses that against Jabba. But he, with all this ruckus, he uses his his uh, guards, his like henchmen all around the room to attack Vader. And Vader, he's got his, his lightsaber. He's like pew pew pew, <laughs> reflecting all the lights, the, the all the lasers coming at him. Yeah, and there's like a whole bunch of them, but Vader like just chops them down like they're nothing. Right, right. So he's got Jabba like in a corner now, and they they have some type of bargain that they have to make. That's why Vader is, is a. At his base right now. Right. And then we jump to a day before at the Imperial Palace of Coruscant. Um, Vader is kneeling before uh, Emperor Palpatine, right? Yep. Uh, where, again, with the Imperial Palace with those red guards with the like long red coats, you know, I think. I don't reckon. Are these guys from the prequels? Uh, they show up in the very end of the prequels. Okay. Like when Palpatine is like full on like becoming evil uh, emperor. Okay. But yeah, they're prominent in like Empire and Return of the Jedi. They're like Palpatine's secret like security. Security guards. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just was not. I didn't recognize these guys. But he's giving a report to Palpatine, letting him know about the rebellion forces that were able to take... Uh, infiltrate the moon of a uh, Kai moon, and he's of course talking about of Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Leia. Yeah, the rebellion is like growing now. They just defeated uh, the Death Star, so it, it's like we need to crush them before they get even stronger. Is what like Palpatine wants, and but he's disappointed, truly disappointed in his uh in his sidekick right now, Darth Vader. This is like a weird thing where. You really get like this in the beginning of this comic. You get a vibe that Palpatine looks down on Vader, and like this big loss. He's blaming it a lot on Vader. So yeah, his perfect season is down the drain because Vader messed up. <laughs> right, he's about to take over and everything. But he again that dart that Death Star base thing didn't really pan out. Now the Emperor is like really just like putting it to Vader, like showing him like I'm like almost ashamed of you. It's like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Oh man. Just such a <laughs> like parenting distasteful yeah. move right now. And, and he says he's putting, um, general tag right. as like the new, uh, like new leader of his like army. And tag, if you remember from like the, a new hope, he's that guy that was like, Oh, uh, I don't believe in like the force and all that hocus pocus, whatever. Right. And then like Vader does that like choke from far away mm-hmm. and like chokes him out. It's that guy. So like, that's not the guy you want right. <laughs> in charge. The most annoying face in this sea of Imperial dudes, you know, tag and is the not reason, the best guy he wants. The reason tag is in charge now is because there's no one else. They all died on the death star. <laughs> right. Tarkin, Tarkin is dead. Uh, Vader was like the only one to survive that attack. So now Tag has like got his opportunity to be the new, uh, I think he's uh, put up to like Grand General now. Grand General Tag. That's right. And again, Vader doesn't, has like mixed, he does not like this idea. He, he kind of was okay taking orders from Tarkin, but, um, Tag, yeah. oh, I hate that jerk. He's like, he's like the, he's like the boss's son or something. <laughs> Cause like if you think about it, like Vader, is not like a general or anything. He's no. like the apprentice, right, to Palpatine. But there's still a hierarchy hierarchy of like military generals there. So he's kind of like an offshoot. He's not really in that category, right? If you like see so the like, organization chart, he's like kind of weird offshoot. Yeah. He's not really underneath or <laughs> above someone. It's kind of weird. Yeah, like, even in A New Hope, like he kind of listened to Tarkin. Like he was still kind of like below Tarkin. Right. Right. 
um, as he's kind of giving uh, Vader kind of a verbal lashing and everything, talking about right. I, I blame you, tag is above you now. We we get into uh, Palpatine's like quarters and we see this new character. He lo- kind of looks like a regular dude with a goatee, um, except he's got some some type of enhancements. He's got like a cybernetic yellow eye and the other eye is like reptilian. Like it's like a black eye with reptilian skin around it. He kind of reminds me of that dude in um, Harry Potter. Which one? Harry Who's Potter? the guy with like a weird eye patch eye in Harry Potter. Oh, Mid, uh, Mad-Eye Moody. That's, okay, pretty, yeah. that's pretty close. Yeah, I, This guy is kind of like the Star Wars version of him. That kind of works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's got like a weird big eye, one big eye. Um, yeah. And Vader asks about him, but Palpatine just kind of just skirts that away. It's none of your concern, and it's really putting Vader, like, down in the corner now, you know? Yeah, and, like, they pretty much, like, close the door on him as they have their meeting. And, like, Vader's like, what the hell? Like, who's that guy? Jeez. You could see, like, the hurt feeling on his mask right now. <laughs> and uh, Palpatine asks, is there any more to report? And we just see flashbacks of New Hope of um, him killing Kenobi and them going through the the canals of the the Death Star, trying to take down Luke, and he's seeing his own lightsaber being used by Luke. And yeah, I think this is actually scenes from like the mainline Star Wars comic. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because this is not in A New Hope, but like he sees Luke holding like uh, his own lightsaber, Darth Vader's old lightsaber. Right. Okay. And he's like, he he's got his own questions in his head because he doesn't know what's going on really. Right. He he hasn't made it to the second movie yet. <laughs> But he puts uh, Vader on a mission and... He pretty much says, like, whatever Tag wants, like, you're under him now. You have to do what he says. Right, right. And we jump to a day later and we see Vader on a desert planet. And he's doing his own dealings kind of away from all of, like, Palpatine's purview. And he has a meeting with Boba Fett. Yes, this is the what deal like he was negotiating with Jabba in the beginning. Right. Was like I need your best bounty hunters to do like a side mission for me. Like don't tell the emperor. Exactly. And we see Boba Fett show up and also this other character. He's like a wookiee. Right, he is. But uh his name is um Black Carsantan. Yeah. <laughs> with a lot I mean, of Rs. A lot of Rs. If you know the Chewy, the Wookiee language, it's pretty pretty hard to pronounce. It's uh, it's like Chewy with like midnight black fur, like gold, yeah. like uh, garments on. And he's got a big scar on the right side of his face. He looks like Chewy yeah. if he really saw some shit. Yeah. This is like a uh, dark side Chewy. Totally, totally. Chewie's yeah. bounty hunting right now. He's not just a scoundrel. That's what we're getting here. <laughs> and he has the same like crossbow laser thing though. Right, right. Oh, that's true. And he gives them a mission uh, to find an X-Wing pilot, right? The X-Wing pilot yeah. we're looking for is uh, Luke, right? Yeah, but he doesn't know his name. He just knows what he looks like. And he was like with Kenobi during the attack on the Death Star. He remembers the the force being strong with this one, so he's got an eye on this this, this random kid that's hanging out with his whole old boss. Like he's feeling replaced right now. <laughs> so that's the mission he gives to Boba Fett, and then he gives uh, another mission to Black Car Satan, which is the the Black Wookie, right? And uh, he wants to know who that uh, Mad Eye Moody looking guy is, <laughs> right? Mad Eye Moody guy. The guy with a reptilian eye. Yeah. So we jump into the next issue and we see some type of like ship chasing down another ship. The one that's being chased 
it holds two imperial um, people on it and it's being chased down by this other ship. The ship behind it is actually just a robotic, like powered and, and piloted by just some robotic uh, system on there, right? There's no people on there mm-hmm. and it's hunting down this other ship. But they are saved by some of the imperial ships in the area, one being piloted by Darth Vader. Yeah, the ship that was uh, attacking them was a, it's called a Hammerhead Corvette. (laughs) I know it's a real Star Wars thing. I've seen it in other Star Wars media. Really? But man, that is such a weird like name for a spaceship, the Hammerhead Corvette. That just sounds like it's a real car. (laughs) (laughs) So they take down that ship and that ship is like, uh, like a rebellion ship that had like, it stole like Imperial like machinery and goods. Right. They shoot out its its like engine and core. So it's just it's stuck in floating space now and it's decommissioned. And Tag is talking to Vader and he's like, I think there's a mole and someone is like leaking uh, intelligence to the rebels and the rebels use that intelligence to steal our stuff. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to rebuild that uh, hammerhead Corvette and we're going to use that to like trojan horse into like the rebels and then uh you're gonna go on that ship and then once you get to the rebel base you're gonna fuck them up <laughs> exactly they're <laughs> their the strongest plan. warrior but that whole all throughout that whole conversation he's also kind of sunning vader right he's like putting him in his place also he's now grand general yeah. tag and he even has one of his lackeys be assigned as his like as signed to like watch over him and yeah, the, of like course that sends, lackey is like super nervous around vader he sends out uh this other like i don't know like a private and his name is on i i, I read it as un i yeah un i o-o-n dash a-i but he's just like a regular imperial dude and he's, he's pretty much like chaperoning vader like taking like shadowing him and making sure he does what tag told him to do right right just kind of a, a lackey to keep tabs on him and man that's just like another annoying thing for vader <laughs> so they go on their in the repaired hammerhead ship pretending to be rebels this is totally like what rebels would do to them the empire right right um and they're loaded up onto that ship and they're headed straight to the base of the, the ones going after their ship in, the, in a second ago. And they go to the extreme edge of the outer rim. And it looks like like an asteroid type of like base built in. And you see like the crew in that base is like these alien creatures. Like they've got their own Admiral Akbar <laughs> type character. They've got their, yeah. they've got the guy with the big ears on there and two big snake weird, weird head things. You know, just all the cool classic aliens uh, of Star Wars. And of course their mission starts out great because Vader just, is loaded onto the ship into the base with his whole all his stormtroopers and that weird lackey behind him and of course his crew is terrified to see vader get onto their base yeah this is totally like the end of rogue one vader just like unleashes on all the rebels at this uh secret base and uh he has like an r2 unit right right like a uh empire evil version of like r2d2 robot Mm -hmm. and he sends this droid to go like steal all the data from this rebel base so uh, that droid goes on its own and it does that little like pulls a little rod thing out and like connects to the wall and does like the spinny thing to like <laughs> connect to the computer in the base and steal all the data while Vader is just like walking around killing everybody. Yeah. He even uses like the missile shot at him. He uses force powers to turn them around and shoot at the droids that they have prepared to combat them. 
Um, it was those classic like rolling droids from the the prequels. I think yeah, they were like one of the coolest cool. parts of the prequels. There's not much, but those guys were kind of cool. Yeah, the rolling droids are like balls, and then they unfold and just start shooting. Totally. And he's able to take them out, take the crew out. He is able to get all the information off the ship, and it, the self destruct sequence was started before the crew was destroyed. So. They got all the info. They're off with that weird lackey character, Unai, and they got it off the R two unit. They get back to the um, to their base with Tag talking it over. Vader has already got Unai like by the the neck hole, just carrying yeah. it to him because he's he realizes Unai was the traitor the whole time. Yeah, he figured it out. And uh, he throws him like at the feet of Tag. Like, I found your mole. It's the guy that you trusted to like follow me. It was all on the information on the ship. There's all data that yeah. linked uh, Unai to to these pirate rebel characters. Yeah, and um, so uh, Tag looks stupid now. Vader looks like you know really good. And Vader goes up to that droid robot that mm-hmm. like stole a bunch of data from the rebel base and. Uh, it's talking to Vader, but, you know, we don't understand what the droid says because it's like R2 says like beeps and boops. Beeps and boops, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Vader's like, okay, good, good. You got all the information. Like, I I understand now. And then he sends the, the droid, like, shoots out into outer space and then just explodes in the middle of space so yeah. that no one can, like, get that information except for Vader. Yeah, he's got his own machinations too. And he always says, uh, droids, one can always trust droids. And the next issue, we start off with a brand new character. Now, this character is like a, a younger woman. Um, she's got like short black hair, kind of like a pilot's cap maybe, um, and like a leather jacket. But she's in like a vault room. We're at Quarantine World 3, Kaladin Space. Yeah, this is Dr. Afra, Right. And I feel like in this issue is when the real good Vader story starts. Me too. I felt like I a lot like of the first the first two issues was just like setup of like the whole scenario and how Vader is feeling after A New Hope, but now is when we get like cool Vader. Right, a lot of it was just putting down Vader so we can get to the cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and in this vault room, we can see there's some type of nice technol- technological material in there that she's after. She says um, it looks like she's like thieving around right now. The um, yeah. The, There's like the security lasers that she's right. like crawling under and she's trying to get to like this uh, safe thing at the end that is holding a triple zero personality matrix mm. and it's like a chip. Small chip. She's able to shimmy underneath all the lasers and retrieve the, the, the chip. But as she's making her way back across to like the bridge thing, you know, like bridges in Star Wars are so thing or so prominent where it's like bridges and then there's like a big drop below you. Uh, that's what she's shimming under on top of right now. But she she hits one of the lasers and activates the, and triggers the whole alarm system. So and now the security system's going off. Lasers are like shooting at her, and she's like running. She finally makes it to like her uh, like bay where she had parked her spaceship, mm-hmm. and she like it's like one of those things where like the door is closing. You gotta like dive and roll under the door, and she finally makes it. And then she's like, "Oh, I made it! I'm relieved." And when she looks up, she's surrounded by like the army droids like pointing lasers right at her. Right. And whoever is like keeping track of the base is there too. And is Utana Zane is this person, and they are familiar with Doctor Afra and her dealings. I guess she's like a common thief around these parts. But someone else arrives at the bay, and it's Darth Vader in a Tie Fighter. He he pulls up. He just force pushes these drones off into the corner, 
and makes quick work of these these droids and Utana Zane too. Uh, Doctor Afra jumps for the triple zero chip that falls off the corner, but she's able to get it. Um, and it looks like Doctor Vader was here just to find Doctor Afra. Yeah, lucky for her because she was about to die. But <laughs> Vader finds her and he needs her for something. So he kind of like recruits her and he like joins her on her ship, which is like this big, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Because it's like a ship, but it's like one of those ships that like floats horizontally, like yeah. a Boba Fett ship. It's kind of like a Boba Fett ship. Yeah. Like a yeah. big heavy top top side, but then lower weird thing. It doesn't make sense at all, but makes sense also. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's called the Archangel, but like Ark as in like Noah's Ark. Right, Archangel. Uh, I kind of like the Dr. Afra character. She kind of feels kind of like Harley Quinn in a way. Like she's kind of Okay, yeah. She's kind of fun, but also on the like kind of a darker character also in in some ways. Um she like welcomes Darth Vader onto her ship. So she's like not afraid of Darth Vader at all. Welcomes on the on the Archangel. It looks like Vader was I mean, after her because of the... Remember those rolling droids that came out that were attacking Vader earlier? Yeah. It looks yeah. like Dr. Afro was the one that was able to reprogram them. And right. Darth Vader is kind of just interested in that type of talent and is trying yeah. to recruit her. Because she knows how to like reprogram droids. And uh, she like welcomes Vader to her ship. It's almost like if the vice president came by. <laughs> vice president. And you're like, oh, yeah, dude, let, welcome. Let me clean up a little bit. Pardon the mess. <laughs> but like, because he like the, yeah, the Jedi are all gone. But like this, your government now, which is the Empire. Yeah. Like you still live there. Like they're fine. Like there's people that are okay with this. Like I'm sure there's happy people in North Korea. Okay. That's what's going on right now. Jesus. I guess this is going on. Uh, but again, he's welcomed on the ship. They're kind of talking it through. He's looking to make like an army of his own, like forces of his own because of like how he's being treated now. He's he's like working more privately now. Yeah, and he sh- doesn't have the support of like the emperor anymore. He can't like pull off stormtroopers to do his bidding because he's not in charge anymore so he needs afra to like be on his side and he's kind of like forming his own team right right i remember that that triple zero chip that he just had she uh decides to insert that into uh c3po type of droid yeah so not 3cpo but like a different model of that droid Mm -hmm. and uh it's funny because he like when he turns up like he's like a gunmetal look not gold right right and when the chip is installed and he activates his eyes turn on red yeah piercing red and uh he's like oh hello my name is a triple zero 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 that's my name i'm a protocol droid specializing in etiquette customs translations and torture (laughs) ma'am madam (laughs) (laughs) so he's like an evil 3cpo right totally and you just just hear c3po's voice doing all this but just that he's a torture droid is kind of hilarious. Yep. <laughs> and he calls Afra and Vader master now. And the whole reason why Afra was after triple zero was to have a conversation with kind of like a, another R2 unit that she has. Um, but it's actually called BT1, a blast blastomech prototype. Yeah. And it's pretty much like a, a R2 unit, except it is uh, like war machined. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. What I was gonna say, it's uh, like a black, also like kind of a gunmetal um, 
R2 unit type with a flat head, but from the side, it can just pull out like a Gatling gun, and on the left, like just missiles that can shoot out whatever whenever it wants. Flamethrowers yeah, at like, its base. It's just got all these weapons. All these, all these vents open with like blasters sticking out of it. I thought what was cool is when um, Afro was trying to install the chip into Triple Zero. Mm-hmm. She was like, I need to like break the code first before I can install it because it, it won't work unless I do. And that might take a while. And then Vader kind of like pushes her to the side and just types in the code. And then she's like, oh, you, you figured it out. How'd you do that? Right. And he yeah. doesn't answer. And the reason he knows how to do that is because he's built a 3PO unit before. Right. He knows how to do that. He's <laughs> Vader's kind of OP because he's not just a super powerful guy. He's actually super smart with all the droid work he's done. And he's also a great pilot. He's kind of too much. <laughs> but um, he's the chosen one. He's the chosen one, I guess. That makes sense. <laughs> he's the boy who lived. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I, again, Vader is once Afra for making an army of, of his own. And he's entrusting droids for this. So that's why he's after Afra because she can reprogram them. And Afra is kind of okay with it, even though that he's a, the dark side. She sees Vader as a chance to like a real life because she's just been kind of like a thief, kind of just a tinker this whole time. Maybe Vader yeah. can be like a, a symbol, something to work towards. Also, you don't say no to Vader. That's true. <laughs> that's that's true. She even kneels and kind of pledges allegiance to him. And it's really like a moment right now. And Vader's like, we're going to Geonosis. And she's, because there's like a droid army there that's being like reprogrammed and Vader wants it. Right. That's what they're after. Some type of droid factory. They- yeah. And uh, Dr. Aphra's like, oh, have you been there before? Or like, do you know this place? And then Vader does that thing where like he like looks off into the distance <laughs> And he just doesn't answer. Oh man, he has he has been here before. We get a shot of Anakin, him kissing Padme, and it's just like you know a flashback. Yeah. Oh, so emo, so emo, Vader. This is from uh, Attack of the Clones, where uh, they're being led into that gladiator stadium, and they have their first kiss. Jeez, ponytail and all. Yeah. Okay, and uh, they noted that in Genosis, there's like a um, organ-based like hive or, or like life form here, and that was a trouble here that the the droid like, like Gatra. I don't know what that is. Droid Gatra. It's like another droid like organism, I guess, that's trying to take down mm-hmm. this planet. Yeah. So they're after that. They're looking. Um, they send Triple Zero and BT One like first, like through the. It looks like an abandoned like shaft system reconnaissance, and they're going first, and then Vader and Afra is like. Falling behind them and these like droids you know the droids from like uh the trade federation droids <laughs> right the, like skinny bodies and long faces yeah from like the prequels mm-hmm. like some of those type droids like jump out out of the shadows and it looks like they're almost like zombified of those and they're like attacking them yeah zombified they have like beat up parts they're not fresh and clean and they have like the wings for some reason they attack triple zero but bt1 just like lights them up because again this is war machine uh, r2d2 and like guns for days jeez it's kind of cool um lights them up when afra and vader get to them they kind of like notice the droids are kind of weird and then again there's like this type of hive like queen organism here so they reach like the center of the hive and there she is like this queen alien looking insect thing. She's huge and she has taken all these droids and kind of like 
made them half droid, half biological insect alien thing. Right. And she considers them her children. Right. She's like connected to like this, the factory metal thing where her thorax is. And if you think of the brood from Marvel, that's kind of what they look like, like insectoid. And the droids like pop out of eggs and they look like half insect alien, half droids. It's weird. They're her children. But Vader wants the droids for himself so he can make his own army. So he pretty much jumps down to her platform and just like slices her in half off of the machinery that she's connected to. Right. Just cuts her right in half. And Afro calls down a barrage to let down um, a grab to pull up the, the factory that they're trying to pull out, the droid factory that's, that's the technology that they're trying to get. And they make way and, with it. Uh, yeah. He like... She's saying like, oh, my spaceship can't pull this out of the ground. It's like not strong enough. Uh-huh. And Vader's like, whatever. And he like lifts his finger and using the force, he just like pulls the whole factory out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. And we see the like small ship that came down to pick up the technology was actually the ship that was like in the first uh, prequels movie, right? The shiny ship. It's that shiny chrome ship. Yeah. yeah. I was like, hi, I like that ship too. There's bits and pieces from the prequels that I do like. I like how shiny it was when I was 10 years old, okay? I was into it. You like metachlorians. <laughs> I mean, it just explains everything. So they got the droid factory off the thing. Afra makes use of it and it like pops out a droid out of there. It pops out one of those like long face skinny droids, but it looks kind of different now. I guess it's not fully in use and effective. It has like a shorter face and like bigger body. I think this is just the the artist just not liking the design of the original one is like, forget it. I'm yeah. going to make it cooler. <laughs> Making it cooler. But Afro can like reprogram the factory now to make droids that'll follow Vader's orders and he can pretty much make his own army now. Right. And then there was this moment after the whole deal was done, Afro's almost accepting her face. She thinks she's going to die right now because Vader got what he wanted out of her. And yeah, it's like, like, I guess you don't need me anymore. So you're, I know you're going to kill me. And Vader almost like hesitates. Like he thinks for a second about doing it. Right. And we get a note that Vader was like, as long as you're useful to me, you'll have your life. But blackmail yeah. me or turn away from me at any moment and you'll lose your life. Yeah. And she knows like, you know, her life is might be short. Like she's always in danger, even though she's like, working for Vader, like say one bad thing and he could just cut her down. Right. You can really get this like weird connection between the two of them, but it's also like a dark flavor the way it's like orchestrated. And we get a visit from uh, Dark Chewie. Remember Black uh, Krastan, I think is how you say it. Yeah. And he comes barging in and he's holding that uh, Mad-Eye Moody looking dude, like choke holding him. And he's like, "Uh, I found the guy that you're looking for. Right. And he's like, presents him to Vader. Job well done, Dark Chewie. And he puts him in a chair and who pays him a visit but the torture droid triple zero. And (laughs) we get like this really creepy shot of triple zero hovering over him, got him in like a chair. Um, He's like, this is going to be fun. Like he's really enjoying this. He's yeah. going to torture this this weird guy with the reptilian eye. And uh, we see Triple Zero come out moments later and he's like, okay, I got his name. I got where he's from. Like I figured out everything. Right. That's the good news, right? And he's got bad news yeah. too. But right, Vader's like, okay, you got everything. Um, you can go ahead and, and kill him. I don't, I don't need it anymore. And then... Triple Zero's like, well, I got better news. <laughs> he's already dead. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, never mind the bad news. He's dead. I guess that's good news. 
That guy's name is Dr. Silo the Fourth. Right. That's correct. Dr. Silo the Fourth. Yeah. And um, he knows like where he's from. So now Vader and Aphra and all and the two droids are like headed there. Right. We have a lead on like his like sources and I was connected to Palpatine. Uh, quick fun fact, this Dr. Silo, the fourth character, is actually looks just like the artist, Salvador Laroca. Laroca? Laroca. He just drew his image as his character. <laughs> Did you know that? And just put like a reptile eye on yeah, it. Yeah, besides the reptile eye. <laughs> he doesn't have that in real life. <laughs> I was wondering why this guy looks like just like a regular dude. <laughs> he looks hella regular, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He does not look that Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, we find out where that guy's from, and um, it is not like a, a planet or a base. It is like like those things from Avengers, right? But the Chitauri are riding, like those big space whales, gigantic space whales with like mechanized enhancement on them, just like a a crew of them, like pulling something, like the reindeer, and they're they're pulling some type of base or whatever, and inside them is where the doctor is from. Yeah, so it's like a constantly moving base because it's being pulled by like these half robot, half space whale. Right, pretty cool. We get to the base, and all the guards there are priming. There, they've got their guns ready at the door. They see, you know, the lightsaber cutting through the door, and yeah, right before cool it's. The door breaks down. The door is exploded. And then we see Triple Zero screaming out, oh, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. Uh, and he's like, uh, I'm just a distraction. And Darth Vader comes out from behind the guards, yeah. breaks a hole from space into the, the base. And that, you know, just pulls all of the, the guards there in, out back into outer space. Yeah, they're like sucked out. And Vader has like the magnet boots. So he's like clung onto the floor. And then... um. They seal that uh, with the force. He seals it closed again. So, like, all the guards are gone and they're all good. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> and uh, we've got those, like, new droids that he's got from uh, Afra. They've got the short faces and everything. And they're making their way to, like, the center of the base trying to look for what's going on here. He sends half of them down one tunnel and another half with him. The other half find two humanoid-looking characters um, just kind of regular looking too with like kind of Jedi type robes and um, brown hair. And these are the twins and they have uh, lightsabers too. And one is female and she's holding a green one. One's a guy and he's holding a yellow lightsaber and they start attacking Vader and uh, they like close the door behind Vader. Like they lift her hand and they close the door. But Vader looks and he's like, that that wasn't the force. Like, this is like trickery. Like, Not at all. You guys are totally posing right now. Right. So, it's <laughs> a good way to put up posers. They're like wannabes right now. We can see he has like some type of like circuitry in his, under his skin, like on his head and his hands. The male character, I think his name is Morit Astrate. And the female is Aeolin. Yeah, and they fight off Vader, um, but then they stop, and we see that Dr. Silo uh, appear again, even though they killed him off earlier. Right. He appears there like he was just hanging out at the base, too, and he says, actually, my name is Silo 5. Yes, he's the fifth, because as soon as that fourth version died, he was, like, activated, because he is not, like, a living person. He's almost like a, a hive mind of, like, like never-ending bodies. Right. He makes, like, an immortal system for himself, and he just, like, makes another himself. Um, and he's the leader of these two 
like Jedi wannabes with their lightsabers. And he's even got his own crew with him. And and like that crew poses in front of Vader. <laughs> Super like, like straight up album cover, right? Yeah. And it's those two like poser Jedis, the wannabe Jedis. We have like this Akbar alien looking dude. Um, there's like a Bosk, you know, Bosk, the like lizard looking bounty hunter guy. Right. The lizard. Yeah. Kind of like the same yeah. species. And then there's like this female character with like goggles and she controls like these floating drone things that like Luke was like training with. Like it looks like those, but like dozens of those. Swarm of them. And they're all posing. And this is like Star Wars X-Men or something. <laughs> pretty much. They, they're posing for like hottest album, hottest rap album yeah. of the year, pretty much. I mean, come on. And they're all uh, Silo's crew, right? Vader's not happy about these Jedi posers. He says it's blasphemous and he just hates Silo and like what he's done. This is like an abomination. Remember like yeah. Jedi and like the the Force, even for the Sith, mm. it's like kind of like a religion in a way. It's kind of like a faith right. system. Um, and these fucking Scientologists show up and just <laughs> <laughs> make up their own uh, ways. And all of a sudden appearing above them, like on a balcony, is Palpatine and... Vader's like, Emperor, like, what is this? Like, why are you working with this dude who's making like these like fake Jedi? And Palpatine's like, these uh, are your possible replacements. Yeah, man. So Silas just been making, pumping out some possible replacements for Vader, a new apprentice possibly for Palpatine. Palpatine's like, you failed when the Death Star blew up. So, like, in case you ever failed me again, like, I needed to be ready. So, this is, like, your backup. So, look out. Right. (laughs) We'll see if one of them can, like, actually, like, dethrone you. So, the Emperor, he's kind of got, like, a Coliseum going on right now because he he plops up his gladiator, Vader, in front of these other um, candidates. And they go, they fight it out and they're trying to demonstrate what Silo's minions can do. So, the twins come after him with their, both their lightsabers. They even have, like, technology advancements in them like they can have flamethrowers rulers through their hands but vader's use the force to block that out the um bosk lizard character attacks him but vader just cuts off a piece of his armor there i guess this boss character is kind of just like programmed like his animalistic instincts are replaced and like his pain right. is taken away he can't feel pain yeah pretty cool uh, he's got those big claws too and then this the toulon uh character she's the the character with the goggles her droids are programmed by her she's like also a scientist that uh, in a past life was not really a warrior but now she has like these cybernetic connections in her head where she can use these drones to shoot at at vader but vader's like taking all of them down yeah just easy for him and then the admiral akbar character the Moncala character has got actual like grievous body improvements where he's his body is just replaced by cybernetic enhancements and he has four arms and four lightsabers coming after vader two purple and two blue if you're wondering and uh (laughs) yeah so like all of them are like biological people with like technology enhancements right and that's what like that dr kylo does and uh vader who's like this is blasphemous like how could you do this uh like look who's talking that guy is like more machine than man too right palpatine even says that straight to his face and Vader is still just offended, like this is heresy. I mean, and he even mentions that Silo has been raising the twins for like 20 years. You've been planning to replace yeah. me at a certain point. Yeah, you knew this. So it's weird because like Vader is like fighting to prove that he's better than them. But also like to do what? Then be working for the emperor who doesn't even really like you and thinks you're weak? Like he's kind of like a weird spot. Right, weird stuff. Uh, they're fighting it out. And emperor even calls out and says... um, 
okay, fight to the death. And they, they just actually go after each other now. They're looking for the best candidate to replace Vader. So even like the the Toulon character is fighting the twins and the Bosk is going after Vader, but Bosk kills off. I mean, Vader kills off Bosk, the type, boss type character. And it's like, okay, that's enough. I'll save the rest of you for later. So again. Yeah. So Vader knows like there's people gunning for his job, but like he still like has to work for the emperor, but he doesn't trust the emperor. Man, I hate these office politics. <laughs> so, okay. Vader, he's just escorted away by Palpatine and he's like, just get out of here. And they leave on Afra's shiny crumb spaceship and they get out. Um, Boba Fett arrives on their spaceship and explains that the boy has gotten away, but... Yeah, he found out who what Vader sent him on a mission to, like find out who that boy was mm-hmm. and the, that was with Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And he found out his name, but he didn't capture him. All he got was a name. Right. And that name was Skywalker. And Darth Vader's like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's staring off into space out of his spaceship, clenched fist. Uh, flashbacks of Padme and you know her loss or whatever yeah and we know like in the movies Palpatine told Vader like Padme's dead and the babies are dead but that was a lie because obviously like this Luke Skywalker is alive and he just found out that that's him that's his son and Vader is just like god I can't trust this guy for shit no, <laughs> and he's not like at all. so pissed and like we get like a wide shot and everything around him because he's like facing like a big window like, right it's all just like cracking around him and all like the floor and stuff is like broken all the gadgets and everything is like smoking up like he just gets like that that force like pissed off feeling where like everything around him just breaking as he just whispers skywalker so he's just angry and now he knows like okay i have a son he's alive uh i don't like palpatine anymore i can't trust him i have to work for him because he's the emperor uh, and he's my master but i got this plan now i'm gonna find my son i'm gonna turn him and we'll like rule the the galaxies. Right. Shots of Padme again, thinking about his son that he doesn't really know anything about. Out the uh, out the, the window with the cracked mirrors, all of these um, Imperial spaceships in front of him. And he's just saying, he will be mine. It will all be mine. Yeah. Right. He's he's looking he's looking for that number one spot on the, the Sith <laughs> yep. pipeline. He's taking the throne. Uh, so that's how that first volume of Darth Vader ends. It, it's a lot of setup for like what is to come because there's like 25 issues of this volume. Right. And uh, I'm sure they got a whole lot better. I'm going to keep reading this. This is very interesting to me. I love everything Star Wars. Um, and I think it's very cool how we get to see like Vader's side because uh, in the movies, yeah, Vader's like this big threat. But uh, we know like there's like a backstory to him that we don't really get to see mm-hmm. like from the point of view of Vader. And we totally get that in the comics. Right. We see like why he arrives at probably breaking away from Palpatine's whole deal. Like yeah. him learning about Luke in the first place. And he's just yeah. why it's bubbling up inside having to submit to tag and all like mm-hmm. the lackey following him around and just like not a good work environment. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like he's he knows he's on his own. Uh, I like the introduction of Dr. Afra. She's a cool character. I know she gets her own series later, right. so uh, I'm interested to check those out. Plus, getting to see like all the cameos like Boba Fett and and uh, Jabba, I think it's pretty cool. My favorite part are like the dark versions of the characters we know and love, like yeah. making Chewie a, a bounty hunter and the torture C-3PO and War Machine R2D2. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, it seems like Kieran Gillen is just having some fun here, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. 
Um, I'm definitely going to keep reading. I'm excited. Uh, and then to like, I want to see how this, because eventually it'll lead into Empire Strikes Back, mm. right? So I want to see how that kind of like folds into the movies at the end. Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm going to keep reading. There's 25 issues total of this volume. So this was the first four, I believe. First six. First six. Okay. It, it felt like a really, very quick read because it, it was so good. I just kind of like blazed through it. So there's uh, 19 more. Uh, check them out. I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's, if you're a fan of Vader, I mean, kind of just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so that's the first volume of Star Wars Darth Vader by Marvel Comics. Uh, shall we get into side stories now? Yep. All right, hope you liked our Darth Vader comic there, but with our side stories, now we're recording this after our trip back and wanted to let you guys know what we did. We went to Seattle. Where, where is Seattle? Oh, shut up. I'm, I'm bad at geography. When I was, we're going to do this joke again, but when I was younger, I thought Seattle was in Chicago. A city was in a city? Shut up. I thought Chicago was a state for some reason. And I, I call it Seattle, Chicago. Okay. All right. Whatever. Well, I went there now. I can say that I, I know where it is. It's in Chicago. <laughs> It was a, it was a it was an awesome trip. I th- I thought it was great. Um, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it is was a bit rainy, but still a good trip all around. We mm-hmm. did all the like touristy things there. We did a lot. Yeah, we did the um, uh, aquarium, like the Seattle Aquarium. I mean, we're thinking like it's just an aquarium, but mm-hmm. it was pretty fun just seeing the fishes again. Yeah. Um, I remember we we're like looking at this one little fish in the in the uh, aquarium, right? And and then we're looking at it, and then we're looking at the, we're looking for the octopus everywhere, and then the person had to point out where it was. It was right in front of our faces. It yeah. was just asleep like kind of like camouflaging it blended into like the rock formation so i I didn't even notice it and it was a big octopus yeah it was like as big as me maybe Mm -hmm. if i'm like bundled up whatever but it was pretty sick seeing that thing (laughs) um sea lions seals otters pretty fun to see all the fishes there pretty pretty great experience right Mm. um what else did we do we went to the space needle the seattle space needle um was built for the world's fair uh, you sound like a tour guide right I'm now. I'm trying to remember everything they said. I think it's like 600 something feet tall. Is that is that short? 600 feet tall? That does not sound that maybe tall. That's not tall. Uh, maybe meters? I don't know. Uh, but it's it's high. It's tall. It's very tall. Uh, it's like the 60th anniversary too. Is it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they repainted it this weekend. The color it originally was, which was like orange. Yeah. Like special, special coincidence there. Yeah. Pretty dope. Uh, we had to take the whole elevator all the way up. Yeah. Pretty fun going up that high looking out. Uh, they had like this rotating floor that was also mm-hmm. a glass floor. So you could just see below you. Yeah. Imagine me that high up and just looking down. Does, does pretty it dope. feel any like shaky legs or anything? Well, that was when we went to like the outside, like ledge looking. Okay. Like a glass, and you just see glass in front of you, yeah. and the ledge over. Yep. I I standed at the tip of it, the edge of the the ledge. There's glass in front of me, so I'm safe. But you just look there for like a couple seconds, and you like look up again, and you get butterflies in your stomach. You know, <laughs> yeah. you just you're gonna fall over and the people look so tiny down there the view is great you see the whole city you see um i think it's like lake union oh yeah um uh you see like the all the piers and the uh we saw the ferris wheel that we eventually rode later that weekend that's right you see the skyscrapers that look like they're tall as you yeah right? they're not they don't look taller there was like a helicopter flying and it was like below us yeah that was pretty pretty funny <laughs> that's how tall we were people also they know there's a space needle up there so yeah. people of the city like paint murals on the roofs 
Cruise or whatever. All right, yeah. And it's kind of fun seeing, looking down and seeing that. Yeah. So uh, it was a good experience. You look, circling around the whole thing, getting a good view of Seattle, uh, butterflies in your stomach. Uh, we hit up some museums over there. there right. The Glass Museum and the Museum of Pop Culture. Right. Which one do you like better? So the Glass Museum is called the Chihuly Museum, which Chihuly. is named after the guy that did all the pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's more impressive because it is, first of all, it's beautiful artwork. But when you think about how hard it was to make, like I bet that took like years and years and years in lifetime to make everything that's in there. And I just, I can't even imagine like how much effort it took to to make those pieces. Because then some pieces look so delicate and yeah. fragile. I bet he broke a bunch before he got to- the craftsmanship of yeah. it all, right? Uh, some of it is just beautiful. Just the art pieces, the the shapes they make the glass in. And it's just funny. It looks like stuff that you've seen in real life. Like my favorite part was this like big thing. It looked like a big black snow pea made out of glass. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was my favorite sculpture that we saw there. Yeah. But I, honestly, what captured me too was like some of the paintings that were there. All I, right. I, I dig those too. It was like metallic paint. It was embossed. I was like, why do I like this so much? Oh, it looks like old Pokemon cards. Oh my God. I like, oh, this okay. is cool <laughs> but uh yeah just the glass work was really the impressive part some of the pieces, pieces are like 10 12 feet tall oh yeah so i don't even know how he put it together we saw like the the pictures and it looked like a whole team's handling this glass to make yeah. the the sculptures and all that right and it's it's hot out there too like when you're doing it mm-hmm. no thank you don't want to what, learn how to do that what's your favorite part of the pop culture museum i like uh so there's just like a different genres throughout the whole thing yeah I like there's like a sci-fi section that I really liked. Okay. Just, yeah. It's just a, a lot of it is just movie props, right? Yeah. That they pulled out and put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like a Terminator. There's some Star Wars stuff. Yeah. It was just cool to take pictures of the stuff. There's a Jawa, right? There's Yeah, there was. There was, was cool. um, there was even Beast from the newer X-Men movies that was just like a like a statue of that or like his costume. What's that actor's name again? Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, yeah. Yeah, yeah that Beast. That Beast, yeah. I, it was just cool to see movie props and all that. And mm. There's fan see horror right I, I was kind of worried the horror was gonna be too scary but there's no jump scares it's just a museum yeah it was still cool to be there it was like a cool resident evil like statue there that yeah, like, kind that was, of was imposing i looked yeah. at that for a while mm. um my favorite part was the the music section specifically the hip-hop exhibit hip-hop hip-hop and it, it was just a bunch of photographs of like all these artists throughout the years from like the 80s to now and you see them a lot of them are like poses but then a lot of them are also like candid shots that you wouldn't see oh yeah otherwise and the i thought it was really cool just telling the story of hip-hop right yeah the kanye's the jay-z's of the, the world they had um, Grandmaster Flash's original turntables and his original Gemini mixer. Yeah. And I'm looking at that because I DJ. I'm looking at that. I was like, this is so like, it looks like play school. Like, oh, what does that mean? Like, it has two channels and a crossfader, and it doesn't even have like three bandy cue. It just had like, it doesn't trim. have a three bandy cue. Come on. <laughs> just saying, like, wow. Like, that's all he needed, but it's so, so he wouldn't, I mean, he's alive, but uh, <laughs> back then when he was using that, I bet he couldn't even imagine the stuff that's out now. Well, yeah, I think it's like a, a mistake, right? When he, someone invented DJing, was that him or even the like well, scratching? Oh, I'm mean, you're gonna mess up your record. Yeah, I don't think he invented scratching. I I think that might have been someone else um but like he he was one of the founders of of, uh, of like djing of djing okay yeah. very cool very cool i know i know the name don't know the music yeah um, there was also just like a guitar there was like a guitar right. set of like the history of it there was like a i think it was a clapton one 
yeah throughout the ages. Cool. A lot of uh, country music stars. There's a Hendrix exhibit that was kind of cool, pretty dope. Yeah, they had a lot of vintage guitars from like used by the real artists. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty sick, pretty sick. There was like a cool display of like these a bunch of guitars making like a sculpture that was pretty. Uh, there was pretty an awesome. entire floor dedicated to Pearl Jam. Yeah, I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan. It's not my jam. It's not my Pearl Jam. So I kind of went through it, but I I didn't have any inkling towards it. Yeah, I think some of their album covers were kind of cool, cool yeah. art. Um, what else did we do there? We, I mean, we did one like a, a cruise in the harbor. That was pretty oh, fun. Oh, maybe like a boat tour. A boat tour, yeah. 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 That uh, was, um, it was cool because like it was like raining, but you're still outside. Yeah, we, we, we got some shade, some some uh, cover, but it was like, at a certain point, it was uh, pretty cold. Yeah. I, but uh, I was equipped for the weather because I knew I was going to Seattle, mm. but that was fun too. Just around like the, the ocean there. Shoreline of, and then explaining everything about Seattle. Some of the, we passed through like the freights and like, uh, mm. that was kind of fun too, just seeing that. Um, yeah. So we did all the touristy stuff. We did this underground tour that was- All right. We kind of ended with that and maybe we should have started with that because it was not the funnest. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I thought it was kind of gross. <laughs> Because, like, I guess a section of Seattle burnt down. Yeah, in the 1800s. And what they did was they just built a whole street above it. So everything that was second floor became street level. Yeah. And everything that was the first floor just became underground now. And we can do tours there now. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was kind of cool to think about, like, oh, we're, people's, people are above us right now. Yeah. But also it's all, like, run down and beat up and underground. Um, another thing we did, this is not a real tour. This is just our own personal made-up tour. Our donut tour. <laughs> I just heard there's good donuts and coffee there. Yeah. We went to like four or five different donut shops. Yeah. Uh, that back was, to, like back to back. Like we walked from one to the other. That was our breakfast. <laughs> we, had, we had to work off the donuts somehow. I couldn't eat all of them. Like the last one, I was like, I'm not getting one. Yeah. We went to, we set up to do five shops. We only did four because we couldn't go to the yeah. We were full of donuts. Uh, but I have to say, I thought it was going to be awesome. Seattle's donut game. It's maybe just average. Your standards are super high. I was rating each donut and giving yeah. my rating on each one. And I'm, I want to be honest. I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> You're giving them all five out of fives. You're wrong. One of them was surprisingly good for me because it, it was um, a vegan donut, right? Yeah. And yet it had a good chew, still airy, um, good uh, chocolate topping with, a, it was a Boston cream pie. So the cream in the middle was also very good. So I'm like surprised that this is vegan and it was my favorite of the bunch. Okay, that's cool. I, from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing we have different ideal donuts. My ideal Sorry. donut is basic and just a classic glaze that has the perfect fluff and like air to it, you know? That's, that's that's my ideal donut. That's what I said. I have to think about no, <laughs> not all the extra stuff, no creams and whatever. You could have that, but get your basics down. Right. right. Um, we went to one a donut shop that was in Pike's Market. Pike Market. Oh yeah, yeah. It was daily donuts. So it was just like a bunch of tiny donuts. That was pretty good. Um, small donuts have special quality to them where you can just you know they're bite size. Bite size. Just, just enjoy it. Each one's a, a new experience. Whatever. The one I had was a maple bacon one, and uh, th that's. Those are the bane of my existence. Really? Because bacon doesn't belong on a donut. You, you say you're like this big donut connoisseur guy, and yet you want the plainest one possible. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's if you have to get the basics right, and and the also it doesn't taste good. The bacon on a donut, I think it's not for me. Look, it's not my favorite, but I think it was good. The, I had the other donuts, and those were pretty good. They yeah, had the powder and and just regular glaze, I like those. Okay. Um, we got a lot of coffee while we we're there. Yes. We just like every stop we had, we had we felt like we could take a cup of coffee. We're gonna go buy one right now. 
I I went to a coffee shop and I was buying two at a time. You bought coffee before I woke up. I, it's not my fault here asleep. I need coffee first thing. And I knew you're not going to get up for a while, so I just left. You could also just sleep more and you'd be no, more awake. I, I want the coffee. <laughs> was like, you'd had like two cups of coffee because you'd buy them two at a time before I woke up. Yeah, I wanted one, but I also wanted to try another one. What was the best coffee you had? Okay, so this is a debate I've been struggling with in my head. Because I had so many. Yeah. There was one. I think you had twice as much as I did. Probably Probably, yeah, probably. Because I was buying them two at a time. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Umbria? Umbria. Umbria. Yeah. There's an Austrian coffee shop in downtown. And they had a honey oat latte. And that was very good. I'll say like 9.5. I got it uh, off of your recommendation. And I can concur. It was pretty yeah. good. But then there's one also um, like not even a block away from that one called Mr. West Coffee. And um, this one is not just a coffee shop. They have like full breakfast menu. It looked like there was a bar there too, like maybe a yeah. late time thing. Yeah. And this is the place where I would get two at a time. <laughs> yeah. And they had something called uh, egg coffee cream. Okay. It's full breakfast there. I don't know why they call it that because the ingredients are espresso, hazelnut syrup, I think, uh, soda water. Soda water. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like a seltzer? Yeah. Okay. And then I think like some milk. So like, and it was iced. Okay, yeah. And it was very good. Like, imagine like a iced latte with like a hint of, like I think it was chocolate, not hazel. Oh. Like, so like a little chocolatey taste, but also like a little sour tang of, of a soda water, like a... Not exactly like a Sprite, but like something bubbly. Had, so a, had some bubble in it, there's right? There's a little bit of a, a crisp to it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's a strange thing. I mean, I, I get, I got a taste of it and I thought, okay, I, I could drink this once. <laughs> I don't want to drink it every morning as my coffee. All right. But it was just pretty good. I, I got to say, was it Mr. West? Mr. West Coffee, also in downtown. And then also in downtown was, uh, it's a Starbucks, but it's like a special Starbucks. I think it's called the Reserve Refinery or something like that. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a touristy thing where you go and see- It was packed. A big like Starbucks thing where they have the whole coffee machines that are from floor to ceiling. Yeah. It's like two floors and they're mixing beans and roasting them there and like- all this BS. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's more just like for people to take pictures of it. It's not oh, really. sure. Because not, it's not in the back. It's like right in the front. It's not a legit like, you know, they're not coffee connoisseurs in, that are working there. They're just. Well, I think they know what they're talking about. But also they're all making like sandwiches. They also work at Starbucks. I don't think they're up to be about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> they had like um, special uh, aprons. It wasn't just a basic green apron. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's, it's the best Starbucks maybe, but it's a Starbucks. <laughs> Did you like what you had there? Yeah, I just got like a regular cappuccino. You know, what threw me off was the pastries were pretty dang good. I got like a cannoli, yeah. a strawberry tart. Yeah. I thought like it's a Starbucks. It's going to be, you know, like um, pre-packaged or whatever, mm -hmm. just like kind of laid out there. But it, was, it felt like fresh, like tasted good. Okay. Pretty That's tasted good. awesome. I think they made it there. Yeah, I think so. My uh, thing was very good. I got uh, Shakerato Afurgato. All right. Which is, uh, I, I'm probably saying it wrong, but <laughs> Afurgato is like, a, I forgot. Uh, it's like <laughs> a espresso. Espresso over vanilla ice cream, like a scoop of vanilla ice cream. It's like a float. Yeah. But then the one I got had like a little bit of hazelnut hazelnut syrup, I think, and like mint leaves. And that was good. Yeah. Pretty uh, good. Yeah, that was good. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I ordered something that kind of special like that. I think it was like an Irish con crema, but they didn't have it. it was, I was a bit peeved. So I just, I was in a panic. I said, oh, okay, cappuccino. Yeah. You, you man, you panicked. Yeah, I panicked. I had like A, B, C ready if, if they didn't have what I wanted. The menu was confusing. <laughs> it was a bit confusing. confusing. It was a little 
list. Uh, if you look at it, if you, if you ever in Seattle, look at it. It's confusing. Oh my gosh. Okay, I will always have backup coffee plans. <laughs> Just in your back pocket. Yeah, that place is. I, honestly, it's a touristy thing, but I enjoyed myself there. Like yeah. it was pretty cool. It was packed. It was crowded. Uh-huh. The best thing we had there, though, maybe the best experience, was we got this ube cheesecake. Ooh, I think this. Yeah, I couldn't stop talking about it. It was uh like eight dollars for maybe like a single serving. Single serving. It looks like maybe like a dollar coin, like that big. Maybe a little bigger. Maybe sure. Maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. It was expensive, but it was the best food we had. There it was so good. I was so decadent. I didn't want to do anything but eat that. And it was so smooth. And a lot of times, ube flavored things don't have enough ube flavor. Yeah. But this one did. Yeah, like the, you felt it through the whole thing. Ube taste pretty dang. I don't. I don't know what else to say about it. It was really good. It was just it's it was, cheesecake and ube tasted great. I yeah, it's eight bucks, but it's it was worth it. Well worth it. We had yeah. like coffee cocktails there. That was it was fun. Yeah. But the ube was the uh, the knock at the park. I'm telling you though, if you're in Seattle and you need something in your mouth at, at like midnight, there's nothing better than Dicks. <laughs> uh, Dicks drive in, and there's a long line. There's a long line at Dicks. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as I got that, man, I put that away in my mouth. I shoved it down. <laughs> We're talking about burgers here. Don't oh, get yeah. excited. What are you talking about? That's what I was talking about. I was about. talking about the fries. There's a surprise. Okay. Dick's Drive-In has some of the best burgers in Seattle. Uh, it, it's always like, is it better than In-N-Out, right? Because to me, In-N-Out's the best. Just as far as like fast food burgers? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's kind of like, what do you want in a burger? Well, okay. What, what do you mean by that? Because Dick's is very soft and like a really squishy burger. With the cheese is all melty and the meat is greasy. Yeah. There's no tomato and onion, so it's like not slipping around like an in and out burger might be sometimes. Right. So it's really like just like pressed together and warm and gooey. I'll say maybe um, this is not the best way to describe it, but it's kind of like a Five Guys burger, but maybe more like less going on. So it's better. It's more simple. Yeah. It's not as big as a Five Guys. Definitely. It's like the size of an In-N-Out burger. Yeah. But the bread is soft. Like an In-N-Out burger is toasted bread. Right. This one's like very lightly toasted. So it's very like fluffy still. And I'm, I'm like squishing it together. Yeah. Pretty enjoyable. I liked it. Very good. Fries were good. They're, I'd say they're yeah. better than In-N-Out fries for sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, the line like was long. It looped around. There were two lines. They're both looping around. Yeah. So everyone that walked was like, "Oh, this is the line." <laughs> yeah. I I was um I thought you didn't want to go because like we went really late. Yeah. On the last night, and uh, I felt like, oh, he doesn't want to go. I'll I'll just kind of like leave him. Yeah. But then you kind of like re- I felt like you reluctantly went a little bit. Oh, really? But I feel like you thought it was worth it. I thought it was worth it. It was pretty good. Okay, good. Pretty, at the end of it, yeah. Okay. Even the line was worth it because yeah. pretty dang good. I'm yeah. glad we went. I, I knew I wanted to eat because I could sleep good that night. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty tasty. And they're like cheap. They're like $3 burgers. So I got two. Yeah. And I'm waiting that line. I'm going to get two. Yeah. I, I'm curious if it's a shorter line during the day just because maybe that's the only thing open. That's why it was so long lines. I think lines. that's the only open at night. So that made sense. If it was, if it's a shorter line during the day, I would, if I lived there, I'd go all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If there's no in and out around, that's where I'm going. True, true. Yeah. Uh, what was the best thing about Seattle? What was the best thing that you did? Man. Or experienced? Or um, looked at? Looked at? In food. the ceiling? Um, in the dark? What? <laughs> What are you talking about? With music. Oh, that's right. We we went to this uh, laser dome. Yes. So like a big dome where they just shoot lasers out, but it's to music and they played Daft Punk music. Right. It's loud blasting. One of my favorite music acts ever, right? But it's just, 
it's just playback of music with lasers going on. Pretty dope, right? It's yeah. a fun experience. Like it starts simple with just like shapes going at you, but then it gets more complex. It feels like yeah, it's it's a uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, by the climax of like the, the whole thing was like covered in lasers and a lot of stuff going on. And it, I, the whole crowd was into it. I think yeah. Um, there was a girl that was about my age to the left of me. I think she was on drugs and she made the experience sure. better. I think because she was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. This is the closest I'm going to get to a Daft Punk concert. Yeah. So it was one of the best parts of the trip. And you're just, it's not a concert. You're just laying, you're just sitting yeah. in a, like a yeah. theater chair. Right. So it's chill. Yeah. There's a part where like, I wasn't falling asleep, but I did close my eyes because I just wanted to hear the music and just like thumping music. Party. You could just feel it in your chest too. Yeah. I thought you were going to fall asleep because the lights were off, but. No, it was, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, okay. I, I wanted to see it. Yeah. Love that. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it also perfect timing that they had it when we were going. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Overall, it was a great trip. I thought it was great. Yeah. Seattle's a cool city. Uh, stop with the rain, Seattle. Maybe figure that out because <laughs> it does rain there. But a lot. everything else is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool city. All right. Well, that is it for uh, side stories. Um, that's why we don't have a new comic this week because we went to Seattle. Right. Yeah. We can record a whole yeah. episode. But I hope you guys are enjoying, uh, enjoyed listening to the Darth Vader comic. And maybe you're enjoying watching Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. Let's know what you guys are thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, you could do that. Uh, help us out by leaving a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'll leave a link in our show notes. Um, so definitely do that. That helps us a lot. Yes, please do that. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast. Again, let us know what you thought about Kenobi. What's your favorite trips you've been on? Things like that. Yeah, we'll definitely be back next week. Brand new comic. Um, but until then, do you want to hit him with the Darth Vader outro? If you like what we had to say, bring it up and read your copy. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>